everybody. It is Monday, November 20th, 2017. It is Mike Lyon coming to you live with the Wicked Awesome Boston Sports Podcast. And today starts off one of my favorite weeks of the year, Thanksgiving week. You get a nice short week at work. You get Thanksgiving Thursday and uh, the day after Thanksgiving for all the leftovers in football on Friday. And generally families around all weekend too and friends. So hope you're having a great Thanksgiving week. Uh, and it's, and it's going to get off to a good start today. And if you count yesterday, it got off to a really good start for Patriots fans. Patriots, obviously, if you haven't seen it by now, final score 33-8 to over the Oakland Raiders, who looked like a good team last year and looked like they were on to something, have gone through a bit of a struggle this season, and they were no match for what really seems to be a team rounding into form right before our eyes in the New England Patriots. They go into Mexico City. The game was in Mexico City yesterday, in case you didn't notice. And if you were on Twitter or following any Patriots stuff, players, ESPN, etc., 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 you, I'm certain, found out that the game was in Mexico City yesterday. But in any event, the Patriots win it. It was a road game for the Patriots, uh, technically a home game for Oakland, even though it was on a neutral territory. Patriots go to 8-2 and two on the season. And I'm going to get into a little bit later... The, the, the future track for them because they're on an absolute collision course with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the AFC uh, and we'll break down what the AFC look, looks like in a second but let's start, in the, start with the game and this really was a tour de force performance for the Patriots and, and it, it seems like the Patriots opponents go through a little bit of foreshadowing in every game and there, there's, there's a little bit of a a moment really early in every game where you just kind of know that you know they make a mistake and it's just a foreshadowing of things to come. And for the Raiders, it came on their very first drive. They actually moved the ball a little bit, started on their own 25, got a first down, might have got, I think they got a second one. They got a couple of first downs, and they were looking at about a third and six, five or six maybe. Derek Carr drops back and throws a pass right in the arms or right in the hands of Seth Roberts who's open over the middle, and it's going to have not only a first down, but probably a 15-yard, 15 15 maybe even a 20-yard game because he's catching it on the run. Roberts drops it, and the Patriots, you know, the, the Raiders punted, the Patriots took over, drove the length of the field, scored a touchdown, and didn't look back. And it was that drop, if you're a Raiders fan, that's, that's just it was just kind of a microcosm of the entire game, and unfortunately a sign of things to come. The... The Patriots played very well. Take nothing away from them, but the Raiders were not good yesterday. They weren't competitive in really any phase of the game. Derek Carr was not good. They moved the ball at times, but there were several other times when his passes were just way off target, throwing on the run, off target. And then when he was on target, his receivers were off target. His receivers gave him no help yesterday. It wasn't just the drop by Roberts. There were drops by really everybody. Amari Cooper had a drop. Michael Crabtree a couple, and then finally, the turning point of the game came at the end of the first half. The uh, Patriots had just scored a minute 14 to nothing, and the Raiders got the ball and put together a really a pretty solid drive at the end of the half. It got it all the way down into the red zone with under two minutes to go, and now under a minute to go, Carr winds up, throws a pass to Roberts, who gets a first down at the three, and then promptly fumbles the ball trying to get extra extra uh, excuse me a little bit of extra yardage failed to secure it properly 
and then Marquis Flowers alertly knocked the ball out, and Patrick Hunt, Patrick Chung recovered it. So what could have been, and what looked like it was going to be a 14 to seven game going into halftime, actually turns around and becomes a 17 to nothing game because the Patriots promptly take the ball, had a couple of timeouts, and with just 30 seconds left, they get a 20 yard run from Deion Lewis, and then a couple of passes to midfields, a little bit over midfield. And Steve Goskowski slams, and I mean slams, a 62-yard field goal that probably would have been good from 70. And now you got to take something. You, you take that with a little bit of a grain of salt because they were playing in Mexico, where uh, the altitude is high. Uh, you, you can you, you can kick much further in high altitudes. That's well known. But in any event, 62-yard field goal. There was no no doubt about it. And the Patriots had a 17 to nothing lead. But that was the turning point in the game. And again, those two plays just really kind of harbingers for how the Ravens were yesterday. On the Patriots' side of the ball, you start on offense, and, and you want to talk about unsung players in this game. How about the offensive line? The offensive line was missing two starters and then maybe even a backup for a little while. Uh, Marcus Cannon missed his, I think, second game in a row, if not third game in a row with the ankle. David Andrews got sick in the middle of the week and didn't play the game, so Ted Karras started the game at center. The second-year guy out of Illinois was drafted as a guard, hung around on the practice squad last year, made the active roster as a backup lineman this year, came into the center position, and really did a great job. No bad snaps on the day between him and Brady. Good shotgun snaps. Good job on the protection. Again, if the, the center uh, and the quarterback, but particularly the center, is in charge of the blocking assignments on the offensive line. And really, they, they did a really nice job, I thought, yesterday. Uh, especially in run blocking, most of the time in pass blocking. Khalil Mack got a couple of, I mean, he got he got Brady once. You figured that Khalil Mack would do that to a backup offensive tackle. But they mostly did a really, really nice job. And Adrian Waddle on the right side uh, did a nice job until he got hurt at the end of the second half, and then Cam Fleming came in. And, again, when, when you don't hear these guys' names get called, that means it went pretty well. So... Uh, a really, really nice day on the whole for the offensive line, not just in pass protection. Uh, I thought they got good holes in the run game as well. Deion Lewis was able to break some really nice chunk plays, had that 20-yard run right before halftime, which set them up for the three. Uh, you know, James White had a couple of good runs. Rex Burke had a couple of good runs. Uh, and, and that's really all to the – it starts up front with the Patriots' attack. I mean, they're, their backs are good and shifty, but they need holes. And the offensive line really gave it to him yesterday. I thought the offensive line was great against a defensive line that is not chock full of all-stars, but certainly has one in Khalil Mack and can make offenses pay if they don't do their job. So a, a, a nice job by the Patriots' offensive line yesterday. Ultimate unsung hero performance. At the skill positions, Brandon Cooks is going to get the headlines for what he did yesterday, but sometimes... That's the, sometimes the most obvious candidate for the player of the game is the right one. Uh, they the, the Raiders yesterday had nobody that wanted to guard Brandon Cooks, and he took advantage of it. Fifth, a 52-yard bomb, an absolute strike from Brady, in which Cooks split double coverage and just ran, out, you know, ran behind the safety, ran behind the cornerback trailing him, and Brady hit him in stride. That set up a touchdown late in the second. And then first drive of the third quarter, and the Patriots are so you know, have become unbelievably good at this, by the way, by, by scoring at halftime and then following it with another score after the half. 
First drive after the half, it was either the second or third play from scrimmage. Another breakdown in coverage, uh, but Cooks got behind the defense again. Brady hit him, and he basically walked into the end zone, and the game was over right there. Made it 24 to nothing. But it wasn't just the deep balls. I mean, Brandon Cooks played a great game yesterday. Made a couple of good catches in traffic. Threw some blocks also from the wide receiver position. And the Patriots, by the way, are missing their best blocking wide receiver in Chris Hogan, who was out again yesterday. And maybe even, they might even be, best, yeah, be missing their, their second best one in Julian Edelman, too, by the way. Uh, and Brandon Cooks did a nice job blocking in the run game yesterday, too. I, I thought Brandon Cooks was, a, was, was terrific for them. How important does that pickup seem now? Especially with 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 Hogan nursing a, nursing an injury and, and Edelman being down, uh, just a real nice game for Brandon Cooks yesterday. Amendola was good too in limited duty. Take nothing away from him. Gronk had a couple of catches, but again, what you're seeing now predominantly is teams taking Gronk away. They're trying to go, they're, they're they're trying to cover, cover Gronk with two guys. They're being rough on him at the line of scrimmage, and he's a tight end. That's to be expected. They're not doing anything dirty. But they're bumping him. They're not knocking him off routes. And, you know, so what you're seeing, and I think what Brady is seeing, teams are really trying to take Gronk away. And that's not surprising. I mean, he's the Patriots' biggest weapon with Edelman being down. And certainly was Brady's favorite weapon coming into the season. So what you're seeing Brady doing is morphing this offense and taking what the defense gives him. And Brandon Cooks was a huge beneficiary of that yesterday. Uh, he's no longer a second option on this team. You better watch him because he's going to hit a home run if he gets behind you, which he did twice yesterday. So really nice game for Brandon Cooks and uh, just probably his best game in a Patriots uniform. Defensively, I thought they were good. They were not perfect, but look, they only gave up eight points to an offense that – and. I don't understand the Raiders, by the way. They're just not clicking this year. But if you look at their roster, and you look at what they did last year, there's no reason why this team shouldn't be great on offense. And they're not. They're, 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 they're just not a very good offense right now. And they've got good players up and down this roster on offense. And so for the Patriots, I mean, you hold a team like that to eight points, you've done pretty well. And don't give me the altitude as an excuse for the Raiders because both teams were playing in it. And the Patriots, by the way, had a couple of guys go to the locker room with dehydration. So, you know, both teams were playing in the altitude. You can't you can't use that as an excuse if you're the Raiders. And uh, the Patriots, they, they held them. It's that bend but don't break mode, certainly. And, and, and did they get a little lucky at the end of the first half? They did, but... You know, in, in causing that fumble, but you know, give the Patriots credit for forcing it, and that's bad fundamental football by the Raiders. I mean, Roberts has to know to tuck that ball. He didn't secure it properly. He was he was leaving it out wide. He didn't get it in, and and, and you're 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 asking for trouble if you don't tuck the ball and, and execute fundamentals properly. And and you know, when Roberts didn't do that, and when teams don't do that against the Patriots, the Patriots take advantage. You've seen it so many times. And you're going to see it so many more times as long as this team is firing on all cylinders. So it was a good performance yesterday. The Raiders did move the ball at times. There were some problems tackling, especially in the interior. I mean, when you're facing Marshawn Lynch, that's tough. And they did it. You know, facing Marshawn Lynch, it's, it's tough to get that guy on the ground. 
but he's a, I mean, he's a bruiser, he's huge, he punishes people, but uh, overall, a good performance by the Patriots defense yesterday. There were some issues, I'm not going to, you know, like I said, I, I won't single out anybody, I won't single out some of the bad plays. I thought Malcolm Butler played a great game yesterday, not just a good game, I thought he played a great game. It's been a weird season for him. The contract stuff certainly has gotten into his head. I mean, I, I, it certainly has at times. But I thought, like I said, I thought he played a great game yesterday. He was going against two very difficult wide receivers to cover in Cooper and Crabtree. He was mostly matched up on Amari Cooper, and you didn't hear Amari's Cooper, Amari Cooper's name very much. I thought Stefan Gilmore was good. There were still a couple of issues with him, but he was better than he has been. And this, of course, I think was this his first game back, or did he play against Denver last week? I think he played against Denver, too. I'm sorry. So it wasn't his first game back, but a good game for Coop, for, for Gilmore. I didn't think he played as well as Butler did. I thought Butler was great. Uh, I thought McCourty was good, but you expect that out of McCourty. McCourty made a really nice play down the field. I think it was against Crabtree. The Patriots sent a zero blitz or an all-out blitz at, at Derek Carr. Nearly got to him, but Carr got it away and just kind of lofted a ball, a 50-50 ball, about 30 or 40 yards downfield. McCourty was in a fight with Michael Crabtree for the ball, and, and Michael Crabtree is a big, tall, wide receiver. And McCourty fought him off and forced an incompletion. It was a really nice play by McCourty on that. I thought Kyle Van Noy played a good game yesterday, who is, I mean, and Kyle Van Noy is, is slowly becoming a very, very solid NFL linebacker, and the Patriots need it with Dante Hightower being out. Another nice game for him, good job in coverage, good job tackling down the field for Van Noy. He, he's, he's slowly becoming a very, very valuable member of this team, and uh you know, like I said, overall, a good performance by the Patriots defense. Not an A-plus performance, but certainly a solid A-minus, B-plus type of game. And that was plenty when the Patriots offense was firing on all cylinders as it was yesterday. Special teams, obviously, I, you don't need to say much more than Steve Gaskowski had one of the best games of his life. A 62-yarder, a 51-yarder, a 40-yarder, and I think a 29-yarder, something like that, a little chip shot. Four field goals for Steve. And the 62-yarder, a career high. Of course, it was in Mexico City, but still, he still got to make the kicks, and he did that. So, special teams, nice day. Defense, nice day. Offense, spectacular day. Adds up to a So, if you look at where that leaves this team in the AFC, I'm going to say something. This is going to sound hot take-ish, but I just think it's true. The AFC is really bad, save for two teams. The New England Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The rest of the AFC is really bad. I don't think there's going to be any question that at the end of the season, the teams with the buys in the first through the first round of the playoffs are going to be the Steelers and the Patriots. The only question is who's going to be the one seed and who's going to be the two seed. And that obviously will be decided, or most likely will be decided, I shouldn't say obviously, but most likely it will be decided when the Patriots play the Steelers the game is in Pittsburgh. I think it's in three weeks, something like that. The game's in Pittsburgh. It's week 15 um, on the season, so you'll get there eventually. 
but the rest of the AFC is just not that good. Besides the Steelers and the Patriots, I mean, I would say the next five or six best teams in the league are in the NFC. So if, if you take and, and put them in any order you want, if you take the top eight teams in the league, I would say six of them, at least five of them, are in the NFC. And those five NFC teams are better than the AFC's third best team. So think about think about what the NFC has. Philly's eight, you know, Philadelphia's nine and one. The Eagles are nine and one. The Vikings are all of a sudden really good, eight and two. The Saints have won eight in a row since the Patriots beat them in eight in week two. They're eight and two. The Rams got beat yesterday and soundly beaten by the Vikings, but they're still seven and three. The Seahawks are six and four, but does anybody think the Seahawks are not as good as the Chiefs? Because I don't. And I realize they're down a couple of players, but I'd take the Seahawks right now to beat the Chiefs easy, the way the Chiefs are playing right now. So there's five teams in the a in the NFC that I think are better than the third best team in the AFC, and that's the Chiefs. And if you, you know, the Chiefs being the third best team in the AFC, the Chiefs lost to the Giants yesterday. They scored nine points in New York to the Giants. Giants are really, really bad. They're really, really bad. And the Giants beat the Chiefs yesterday. Chiefs are going the wrong way fast. I think that's I think that's four in a row for Kansas City. That can't be right because they just beat the, they, they they just beat Denver. That just well in any event they've lost a couple in a row and they're going the wrong way. So it's the the point being it's the Patriots and the Steelers at the top of the AFC, and then there's everybody else. And I don't think, I mean the the Jaguars are seven and three. Does anybody think the Jaguars are any good? I mean I I realize their defense is good. And I give I give them a lot of credit. I mean Jacksonville hasn't been relevant in years. Give them credit for getting back to at least respectability. They're probably going to win that division. But does anybody think they're good? I mean, anybody think they're a real threat to either the Steelers or the Patriots in the AFC? I mean, they, you know, they, they, they won yesterday over the Browns, but their offense didn't play well. Are the Ravens good? Ravens aren't good. I, you know, the the defense isn't bad. I mean, you know, they. Ravens fans are going to say, well, we, sh we pitched a shutout yesterday. Well, it came against Green Bay, who's down Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Green Bay is not a threat without Aaron Rodgers. You know, and their offense isn't good. You know, Joe Flacco's not playing great. I, I, I don't see a team in the AFC that really will stack up as a threat to either the Patriots or the Steelers this season. I just don't see that team there. I could be wrong. I mean, you know, you never know what happens down the stretch. I mean, either team could could throw a stinker at them. You know, the Ravens have, and Ravens and the Steelers have a serious rivalry. I, I think they they have to play one more time this season. You never know. But it is looking more and more like the AFC is a two-team race between the New England Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if that game is in New England, that's how important I think this game This is how important I think this game in in Pittsburgh is in a couple of weeks. It's much more important to Pittsburgh, by the way, than it is to the Patriots. Because if that game, if the AFC Championship game is played in Foxborough, I don't think the Steelers can win that game. And I don't think the Steelers think they can win that game. And I'll explain why in a second. 
So in terms of the the Steelers and the Patriots, do you know what the Steelers' record in Foxborough is against Tom Brady? It's 0-6. The Steelers have never beaten Tom Brady in Foxborough. Never. Never. They've only had one win in Foxborough since Brady's been in the NFL, and it came against Matt Castle. They've only beaten Brady twice overall. Both of those times came in Pittsburgh, and Brady's record against the Steelers in Pittsburgh is still, is all, is still pretty good. I think it's either 3-2 and two or 4-2. and two. But the Steelers have never beaten Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in Foxborough. And they're not going to do it in the AFC Championship. How about that for a hot take? So that's how important I think this game is going to be. This, this, this Steelers-Patriots game in December, which likely will decide home field advantage in the playoffs. If the Steelers lose it, they're going to lose home field advantage to the Patriots in all likelihood. And they're going to have a huge, huge, huge psychological problem to deal with. A huge mental block. Because they cannot beat the Patriots in Foxborough. They cannot do it with Tom Brady as their quarterback. They have a much better chance of doing it in Pittsburgh. Although they still have to get a little nervous. I mean, the, the Steelers don't beat the Patriots in the playoffs. I mean, it's, it's, it's well documented. The Patriots just have the Steelers number. Always have. Always have for the past 15 or so years. They just have the Steelers number. And... It's not out of the realm of possibility that the Steelers can beat the Patriots in, in December. That's that's far from impossible. That they'll win this regular season game. Far from impossible. And if the Steelers win it, and I think that you know, if, if 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 the two teams continue to to play the way that they have, the Steelers are probably going to be favored in this game. Maybe by a small margin. Maybe the Patriots are a slight favorite. I don't know. But if the Steelers win the game. Then they get that kind of psychological edge back. That's you know to tell to tell themselves we can you know we can beat this these guys we can beat the Patriots, and we're probably going to get them in Pittsburgh. I mean that'll help them a lot. I I would say the AFC Championship, assuming all else, you know, kind of holds to if all else holds to form and the two teams do play each other there. I, I would say that game would be pretty compelling if it were in Pittsburgh. But if it's in Foxborough, there's not a lot of people out there that are going to say the Steelers can win that game. And I'm one of them. I, I just I don't think the Steelers can win that game if it is in Foxborough in the AFC Championship game. And it's nothing against the Steelers. You know, it's nothing against their team. They've got a good team. In fact, they've got a very good team this season. But there's nothing about them that makes me think they're going to go into Foxborough and win that game nothing about them that makes me say that. They're the same kind of Steelers that we see every year. Defense is a little better. You know, they still throw it all over the field. You know, it's the same Steelers team that we've seen year in and year out that the Patriots just beat every time they play in Foxborough. So, I think the, the game is, excuse me, the game is very, very important for a lot of reasons. But it's much, much, much more important to the Steelers than it is to the Patriots. That's not to say the Patriots aren't gonna, don't want to win it. They'd much rather win the game. And I'd much rather win the game. It's important to them. But it's vital, vital for the Steelers to win it. If everything holds to form. 
if they have a chance at clinching home field advantage, then it is vital for the Steelers to win that game against the Patriots in a couple of weeks. These two teams are going to be the last two standing, I believe. They're going to be the top two seeds in the AFC. The Steelers really need to be the one seed going into the postseason if they want to make the Super Bowl and beat the Patriots. That's just my opinion. So, there's some, and, and you know, by the way, there's some games before that happens. I mean, a lot could happen. I get that. A lot could happen with both of these teams. I mean, someone could trip up. The Patriots certainly could. The Steelers could. And, and the game might not, might not have the same type of meaning. I'm just not expecting it to. I think when all said, when all is said and done, this game is going to tell us an awful lot about what the playoffs are going to look like and about where these two teams stand. So, before we end the show today, let's quickly forecast and, and, and recap what the Patriots are going to do before the end of the season. Next Sunday, home game against Miami. The struggling Miami Dolphins, the Patriots can probably put them out of their misery with a win, and they're going to be heavily favored to do that on Sunday. Then three road games in a row. Two of them are divisional games. The last one's the game that we just talked about. After the game against Miami, at Buffalo, at Miami, and at Pittsburgh. Those are the last three road games of the season. And it concludes this five road games and six-game stretch that the Patriots have had. Now, the Patriots don't mind playing on the road, obviously. They think they've won their last 13 or 14 road games on the whole. But they'll come home Sunday, play the Dolphins. Dolphins never win in cold weather. They're obviously struggling mightily now. Patriots are going to be a huge favorite to win that game, get to 9-2. Then three in a row on the road. At Buffalo, if you saw what happened to Buffalo yesterday, poor Nathan Peterman came in, threw five interceptions in the first half. Buffalo got pounded by the Chargers, clobbered by the Chargers by 30 points. They're reeling. No one thinks they're going to be a threat. At Miami, again, no one thinks they're a threat now. The Patriots generally do not play very well in Miami, but now they've got a completely new stadium. You know, the, the, the elements aren't really a factor anymore for the Dolphins. They, you know, play outside where it's humid and sticky and gross. You know, the Patriots won there last season. We'll see what happens again this season. Then the big one at the Steelers. We've talked about that. Don't need to go over that again. The Patriots end the season with two home games against the Bills and the Jets. It's amazing that they've only played one divisional game so far this season. Really amazing that that's the case, but... You know, the Patriots division doesn't look very good anymore. It looked a little bit more formidable at the midpoint of the season, a little before the midpoint. Doesn't look very formidable now. Doesn't look like anybody's going to be a threat to the Patriots in the division yet again. But that's where it's going to go. So again, home against Miami, at Buffalo, at Miami, at Steelers, at Pittsburgh, home against Buffalo, home against the Jets. That's how the season's going to finish out for the Patriots. If you're looking at that Pittsburgh game and saying that's the only tough one left, I agree with you. I completely agree. But you got three divisional games before you get there. And, you know, the Patriots aren't going to overlook anybody. They're certainly not going to overlook a divisional game. Bill Belichick won't allow them to do that. So uh, we, we'll, we'll preview the Miami game as it gets a little bit closer I don't know what kind of Miami team is going to be there. They've been, I mean, Cutler missed the second half yesterday. He got a concussion. 
he hadn't played well before the concussion. It's just it's it's a very strange Miami team right now. Who knows what you're going to get? We'll, we'll preview that game, obviously, before it gets there. Uh, but that's what the Patriots are looking at. And, uh, you know, 8-2 on the season <clears throat> after a start to the season, which was, you know, bad to say the least or inconsistent to say the least. They've, they've certainly righted the ship. They really look like a team that's starting to fire on all cylinders now. They, they look like the Patriots teams that, that we're accustomed to seeing. And uh, another good win, another dominating win for the Patriots, 8-2 on the season. On to Miami next weekend. So that's going to wrap up our show, Patriots Recap Monday, on the Wicked Awesome Boston Sports Podcast. We'll be back to you tomorrow, getting a little bit more Celtics and Bruins as uh, the Celtics winning streak continues, by the way. They're still winning a lot of games. They won that game against the Warriors, and, and we've got to break that one down. Uh, and, and and figure out where they're going as well. The, the Bruins also off to are getting a little bit, little bit warmer, heat starting to heat up themselves. So we'll start breaking those two teams down, and uh, we'll, we'll obviously get you caught up on anything else that affects Boston sports in general. For now, make it a great Monday, nice little short Thanksgiving week. Hope it, hope you're off to a great start. And here we go with the Wicked Awesome Boston Sports Podcast for the rest of the week. We will see you tomorrow morning, everybody. Goodbye.